the Hoffa Day, and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. It's 3.04 p.m., Friday, January 20th, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, KHMG, 88.1 FM, Barragata, Guam, broadcasting all around the world through khmg.org. There are a variety of ways you can listen live. You can also listen to our podcast there. Go to khmg.org and find out about all the different great programming that we produce here at Harvest Family Radio. We've been doing it for 20 years, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, broadcasting beautiful Christian music, Bible-based programming, news, etc., etc. If you ever miss part of this show, you can pick up the podcast there at khmg.org as well, or... You can catch us on The Rebound, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. We rebroadcast the show in its entirety on KHMG 88.1 FM, way down at the bottom end of the radio dial, the far left side. First radio station I believe you'll come to is our beautiful stereo signal at 88.1 FM. Our transmitter tower up there in Barragata Heights just constantly beaming out our radio waves to you. So glad you're with us today. It is episode 200. And I just realized it's January 20th, which has a two and a zero too. Not that big of a deal to you, but on the screen, it looks cool. Yeah, it's episode 200. Can you believe it? We've been doing this 200 times. Fridays from 3 to 5 p.m., except for the first couple shows we did 3.30 to 5. Two hours of live local broadcasting. Intended to entertain you a little bit, edify you a little bit, encourage you in your Christian walk. And uh, we hope that you at least grin or snicker or smile sometime during the show. Many people listen, but not everyone can listen for two straight hours. That's why we make it available through podcast on khmg.org. You can download the SoundCloud podcast. You can download it through iTunes, Google Play, RSS. You can listen to our live stream right there on the website as well. If you ever have a problem opening it up, it might be your browser. We had a browser problem this week. So try opening in a different browser or just click click on the TuneIn app, and it'll take you to the TuneIn website. You can listen that way as well. And I believe TuneIn allows you to pause it for a second if you ever have to step away from your computer. Pretty cool. 84 degrees outside on this beautiful Guam day. Breezy. I'm looking out the window at the Harvest Campus. Cars coming up and down the street, picking up their kids from school, sports practice, drama, extracurricular activities. Some of you might be listening that just picked up your kids. Thanks for tuning in. It's a great way to spend your car ride on the way home or on your way to school. I see the flags blowing in the breeze. According to our high-tech weather station, it's about uh, 12 mile per hour winds from the North by northeast, barometric pressure holding steady at 29.83. It's 84 degrees outside with the breeze. It only feels like 82. It's actually a beautiful day outside. Skies are blue. Grass is green. Kids are happy. It's the weekend. Doesn't get much better than that. And I am glad to be here with you 200 times in a row, pretty much. We have missed one or two weeks in there because of holidays and sicknesses and things, but basically we've done this almost 200 times in a row, and uh, we're glad to do it. That's logging in almost 600 hours, because those first few shows we didn't do 
two hours. We did an hour and a half. But then we had one or two shows with our Christmas party where we did like four hours. So we're almost right at 600 hours of live local broadcasting. We've interviewed politicians, guest speakers at Harvest Baptist Church, Harvest Christian Academy, athletes, missionaries, uh, people who started orphanages. We've called people all around the world. I even got to call in from Indonesia one time. And uh, we've had a lot of fun doing this show. It is intended to be a little lighthearted, a little lightweight. We do not take ourselves too seriously. We want to make this just a family-friendly option. We know there are a lot of things you can listen to when you're in the car or sitting at your desk. We hope that we're giving you a great alternative that uh, is refreshing, a little bit different. Um, As you'll realize, if you've never heard us before and this is your first time, uh, sometimes we go into uh, Jared world and things that are funny to me, I share with you, and then um, no one else thinks they're funny, but that's okay. Hey, guess what? It's the month of January, the 20th, and this month is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month, National Stalking Awareness Month, not stockings like socks, but stalking like S-T-A-L-K-I-N-G, Volunteer Blood Donor Month, Oatmeal Month, Self-Help Group Awareness Month, Shape Up U.S. Month, Teen Driving Awareness Month, yes, that's a very important one, Train Your Dog Month, Thyroid Awareness Month, Unchain a Dog Month, so you train your dog and then you unchain your dog, and then you Walk Your Pet Month, and then Worldwide Rising Star Month. Those are all happening. Those are all observances for the month of January. For specific weeks, we're coming at the end of the Sugar Awareness Week, Healthy Weight Week, probably no coincidence there, National Activity Professionals Week, National Fresh Squeezed Juice Week, which doesn't help your sugar at all, Week of Christian Unity, and then the Sundance Film Festival started yesterday, goes for 10 days, Bald Eagle Appreciation Day, the 21st and 22nd, hold on just one second, on YouTube, there is a live high-definition webcam on these Florida bald eagles. You can look it up. I think if you just Google Florida bald eagle YouTube, um, there are a lot of followers, and I know it sounds super boring, but there's this live webcam on this bald eagle, and it's one singular chick. And usually when I turn it on, it's early in the morning, so it's like night vision, but it's on 24 hours a day, and you can just watch this eagle. Anyway, it is Bald Eagle Appreciation Day tomorrow and Sunday, and so I might just watch that tonight just so that I know I'm appreciating a bald eagle. International Snowmobile Safety and Awareness Week is the 21st to the 29th, and then the 22nd through the 28th is Certified Registered Nurse Anesthetist Week, or CRNA, or CRNA Week, 22nd through 28th. Yeah, a lot of cool things happening. Let's see here. There are some special observances. Of course, we had Martin Luther King Jr. Day earlier this week, but today is uh, National Butter Crunch Day, National Cheese Lovers Day, National DJ Day, Camcorder Day, which there's a whole generation that doesn't know what that is at all, Innovation Day, Penguin Awareness Day, Presidential Inauguration Day, and Women's Healthy Weight Day. Tomorrow's National Hugging Day, Squirrel Appreciation Day, Granola Bar Day, and New England Clam Chowder Day. Sounds like a great day, actually. Sunday, National Blonde Brownie Day, another great day to observe. 
Answer Your Cat's Questions Day. I have no idea. Celebration of Life Day, National Bible Sunday, Roe versus Wade Day, uh, St. Vincent's Day, Monday, National Handwriting Day, Snowplow Mailbox Hockey Day, National Pie Day, and National Rhubarb Pie Day. I could get into that if any of our listeners are going to harvest some fresh rhubarb. You can make us a pie, bring it by the station. The 24th will be National Compliment Day, National Peanut Butter Day, Belly Laugh Day, International Mobile Phone Recycling Day, and Talk Like a Grizzled Prospector Day on the 24th. We are going to have to work on that. The 25th, uh, Macintosh Computer Day, Irish Coffee Day, Opposite Day. The 26th, National Green Juice Day, Peanut Brittle Day. So we already had Butter Crunch Day and then Peanut Brittle at the end of the week. National Spouses Day, Dental Drill Appreciation Day. Who comes up with these? Lotus One Two Three Day and Toad Hollow Day of Encouragement. Okay, there we go. More things are happening this month. We'll talk about them next week as we round out the week. But you know, one of my favorite segments. It's time. For the buck stops here. Words of wisdom from the desks and plaques and walls of many famous Americans, barons of industry, politicians, theologians, preachers, teachers, sages. And although I might not agree with every single one of these people about everything, it's just interesting to see what did they have on their desks or walls to inspire them. This desk plaque said, Statistics are important, but relationships last forever. Roy Williams, head coach of the men's basketball team at the University of North Carolina, after averaging 80% win percentage in 15 seasons at the University of Kansas, yes, I remember him, he became the 18th head coach at North Carolina. It has been concluded through recent polls that Williams is the best college basketball coach to have ever lived. He is second all-time for most wins in Kansas behind Fog Allen and third all-time in the NCAA for winning percentage. He earned his 400th win way back in January 2003 when Kansas beat the University of Wyoming. Coach Williams won his 500th game against High Point University 2006. Williams was inducted to the Basketball Hall of Fame in 2007. Statistics are important, but relationships last forever. And that's the buck stops here. I love seeing what motivates people and what people want to have close by them to remind them of their mission and their goals and their philosophy. It's a lot of fun to talk about. And, uh, you know, being the 200th episode, we want to do a couple special things. So just to give you a heads up so you don't, like, you know, go decide to get your hair colored at this time. Just wait another hour and 44 minutes and then you can get your hair colored. Uh, First... We have a number of special things. We interviewed former friends of Harvest Family Radio that worked on the show, including Mr. John Collier, the founder of KHMG himself. I interviewed him yesterday uh, over Skype, so it sounds like he's in a coffee can. But he uh, talked to me, and it was a great interview. And then today I had the privilege of interviewing Mr. Nicholas Brown, the culture vulture himself. 
And I have both of those interviews to share with you sometime throughout the next two hours, hour and 45 minutes or so. It's 3.16 p.m. in the afternoon on this Friday, January 20th. Again, if you ever miss part of the show, you can listen online through khmg.org. Now, we are going to do something a little different, and we might start just doing this all the time. You know, every day, some people have told us that their favorite segment of the show is uh, Harvest Highlights because they like listening to Student of the Week and the menu and things that are happening and the interviews and things like that. Well, what we wanted to do today, of course, is uh, we wanted to be able to incorporate this into our first hour of Live Till 5. So people that are used to hearing it still get to hear a little bit of the Student of the Week uh, Harvest Highlights information. And so I'm going to put that into this next break. So this is something a little new for us. We'll take a little bit of an elongated break, then we'll come back. I have some idioms. I have Stranger Than Fiction. We have some inauguration trivia. We'll have This Day in History with Lawrence Nangas. We have What's in My Coffee. And Jeremy Wendell himself, the head barista of The Hub, is going to be up here to enjoy What's in My Coffee with us and talk about the new awesome espresso machine they have down there. So there's just a lot happening, and I just want to make sure that you know and that you're a part of that. So stick around. We're going to play a little Harvest Highlights here in a second and uh, take a break. When we come back, more Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It's Friday, 3.18 p.m., Friday the 20th of January, 2017, our 200th episode. Looking forward to having a great hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes with you still. Stick around. More Live Till 5 after this. Welcome back to Live Till 5. It's 3.24 p.m. on this Friday, January 20th. Broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio. Half a day to you. Maybe you're listening on the old-fashioned radio dial in your car. Maybe it's not old-fashioned. It might be digital. 88.1 FM. Glad you're with us. Some of you listen abroad through the internet. KHMG.org has a number of ways to listen. I recommend the Tune In button. You click on that, it takes you to the Tune In page. You can put the Tune In app on all your smart devices, your tablets, and you can listen through that as well anytime you have uh, data or Wi Fi. Glad you're with us today. Our 200th episode. I can honestly say I never thought we'd make it to 200 episodes. And uh, we have the privilege of listening to an interview that I got to do yesterday. I conducted an interview with John Collier the founder of Harvest Family Radio, the station manager for 19 years, taught me everything I know, which he really didn't want me to tell everyone that, but I try and say it as much as possible. Chris appreciates that I tell everyone that John Collier taught me everything I know. But anyway, glad that uh, he did. And then we also talked to Nick Brown earlier today. I have both those interviews we're going to share later on in the show as our 200th episode. Speaking of Nicholas Brown, the culture vulture, 
Nick got me kind of hooked on a little mini segment he added to his Culture Vulture segment. The idiom game. Now, we don't play an idiom game, but one of our faithful listeners, PC, gave me the Dictionary of Idioms by Marvin Turban. It's a scholastic book. And uh, leave it to me to be so interested in a child's book with a monkey on the front. But anyway, we talk about some idioms because... I didn't know if anyone was actually paying attention to this segment or not, but I had a friend that's uh, ESL, and they really like this idiom discussion because even as you learn English, you learn all these turns of phrase, but sometimes you don't know exactly what they mean, and you definitely don't know the origin. So I'm going to give you a few idioms. We've been doing this now for a while. For example, like it or lump it. This American saying comes from the early 1800s. Where does lump come from? Perhaps a verb uh, in British dialect to lump, which means to look gloomy, sulky, or cranky. You can resent what happens, or you can try to like or at least accept it. To like it or lump it means whether you like it or not, it's certain to happen. Like pulling teeth, this expression isn't too old compared with others, and its meaning goes far beyond those hard, bony objects in your mouth that you bite and chew with. Who likes to go to the dentist and have his his or her teeth pulled? Having your teeth pulled is a very hard, painful, difficult thing to endure. And being at the dentist, uh, uh, being a dentist, you know it's, it's much harder to get people to have their teeth pulled when they, when they know they have to come in and get their teeth pulled, basically. So, like pulling teeth means something very hard to do. Like two peas in a pod. Now, you've probably said this phrase if you've been speaking English for most of your life, but you might have no idea. You might have never consciously thought about, why did I just say that? Well, a pod is a seed case that holds beans or peas. When it's ripe, the pod splits open and lets go of whatever's inside. Peas lying cozily in a pod seem alike in shape and color. Two peas in a pod means identical or alike in looks and behavior. Little pitchers have big ears. I must say, I have no idea what this means, and I've never said this in my life. And I cannot think of anyone that has ever said this either. Little pitchers have big ears. So let's learn together. The creator of this ancient saying imagined that the handles on the sides of two-handled pitchers look like human ears. The little pitchers in this idiom stand for small children. And having big ears means they're able to hear and understand things adults think they're too young to know. Like when we used to say, hey, let's have some I-C-E-C-R-E-A-M. And then the kids say, what flavor? And then you realize that they learned how to spell ice cream at school. Little children listening to conversations of older people often hear and understand a lot more than people give them credit for. Live high off the hog. Although I know what this means. I don't think I've ever said it. This African-American expression suggests that eating pork chops and ribs, which come from the upper part of the hog, are better than eating pig's feet, chitlins, which are intestines, or other things that come from the lower parts. To live in a rich style and own lots of expensive things is to live high off the hog. How about this one? Lock, stock, and barrel. He sold everything. Lock, stock, and barrel, and moved to California. This saying originally referred to just three main parts of the gun. The lock, which is the firing mechanism, the stock, the handle, and the barrel, the tube that the bullet fires through. By the early 19th century, the expression came to mean all of anything or the whole works. The whole of something, all the parts of a thing, everything. Lock, stock, and barrel just means everything. Kind of a long way of saying a very short word. Lock the barn door after the horse is out. 
This popular proverb can be found in many languages. It was first used in French in the 1100s and appeared in English later. If you put a prize horse in the barn for the night and then forget to lock the door, it is possible the next day you'll find the horse is gone or stolen. It would be pretty foolish to lock the barn door then because the horse is already gone. It means to take careful precautions to do the right thing after it's too late. Lock the barn door after the horse is out. Long in the tooth. You ever heard that phrase before? This saying, which goes back to at least 1850s, came originally from horses, but now it can apply to people and things as well. As horses and people get older, their gums sometimes recede. It makes their teeth look longer. The idiom long in the tooth just means to be elderly, old, or aged. Look down your nose at someone. It means to think or treat people as if they were lower in quality or ability. From about 1700, to look down on something meant to believe that you were better in quality or rank than another. Nose was added about 200 years later. The saying creates a clear image. A person who thinks that he or she is above others actually looks down his or her nose at someone in proud and self-important ways. Loose cannon means a person who's unpredictable. Lose your shirt means to lose everything. And the low man on the totem pole kind of goes back to that Native American symbology about the, the different animals on the totem. The lowest one is the lowest rank. And so to be the low man on the totem pole means that you're the new guy or the low-ranking person. So that's our idioms for the week. Thank you to Nick Brown for inspiring that. And as we uh, go into the rest of the show, we will have an interview with Nick Brown. We'll also have an interview with John Collier coming up in just a little bit. And Jeremy Wendell, the head barista of The Hub, will be here to, I think for his first time, actually play What's in My Coffee with us. And uh, it'll be fun for him to uh, talk about his new espresso machine as well. We're going to take a short break in just a second and then come back for this day in history. But before we do, remember last week we kind of rolled our eyes and talked about uh, Friday the 13th a little bit. Well, I got this article from one of our listeners. Uh, It's from the Trip Guy, or the Points Guy, the Points Guy blog. He just had a very short article about this last week. Some people won't leave their home on Friday the 13th, as Sebastian informed us last week. Others won't even get out of their bed on that dreaded day. But for those on Finn Air, that's Finnish Air, flight 666 from Copenhagen, CPH, to Helsinki, H-E-L, they didn't think anything of flying on that notorious unlucky day. That's right, Finn Air, A320, transported passengers nonstop to hell. H-E-L, on Flight 666 on Friday the 13th. As, and as if superstitious coincidence weren't enough, Flight Radar identified that aircraft as 13 years old. Now, good thing they weren't superstitious, and we don't need to be superstitious. We talked all about that, but it, it was just kind of funny for uh, people that might be superstitious. That was might have been a cheaper ticket. Who knows? Who knows? We were all here, so we wouldn't know that at all. Hey, let's take a short break. When we come back, this day in history with Lawrence Stangas, we're going to talk about the inauguration with Sebastian, play What's in My Coffee, and a bunch of other fun stuff. Stick around. You're listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG, Harvest Family Radio, 88.1 FM, Friday, January 20th, 3.33 p.m. Stick around. More Live Till 5 after this.
And we're back. It's 3.37 p.m. on Friday, January 20th. Again, if you ever miss the show, go to khmg.org and catch the podcast. You can also listen at your computer or on your tablet or smartphone. Go to khmg.org and download the TuneIn app to your tablet or your phone. You can listen through our live stream right there. You can listen through iTunes. There's a dozen different ways you can tune in. Some people just like listen to the old radio in the car, 88.1 FM. Also, if you ever miss the show, you can listen on Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on the rebound as we rebroadcast the show, all two hours of it, in its entirety. 83 degrees outside, 29.83% uh, or 29.83 on the barometric uh, pressure there. And uh, looks like we have wind at about 9 miles per hour from the north by northeast. And it's a great day. Let us know you're listening. Harvest Family Radio has a great Facebook page. We update it with all kinds of different programs that we're doing, including uh, this show. Shortly after we're done with the live production, we put it out on Facebook, so you can listen that way. Let us know you're listening by giving us a thumbs up on Facebook. Leave us a comment. Give us some ideas, uh, what we can do, topics we can cover, ideas. We did last week put out the challenge. If you had any ideas for names for the new espresso machine down in the hub, because... uh, it's pretty awesome. If you haven't been in there, it's kind of like Kit, the car off a of Knight Rider. It has like this glowing light on the front, like a vroom, vroom. It doesn't have a sound, though, but anyway, that's what I imagine. It has two lights. Lawrence Nagengast. How's it with going? A great imagination. Really? Yeah, you have a great imagination. I mean, hey, I was, uh, you know, sometimes you need to give people unexpected compliments. Yeah. This in week, there's a compliment they would day this not week. think you'd give them in. That's right. Right. Great imagination. Yeah. Sebastian. Full beard. <laughs> yes. Well done. Yeah. See, there you go. Well done. Yeah, All right. I, I, I didn't get that one. I what What happened on January 20th in history? Uh, we'll just um, uh, go through a few things here on, on January 20th. Uh, a lot of it is actually government days. is big government uh, with obviously the inauguration of the president. But even back in 1801, you had John Marshall, uh, which happens to be the name of our English teacher uh, in our high school or one of them, um, but the John Marshall of the American government in 1801 was appointed as the U.S. Chief Justice on this day. Um, you also have 1869, Elizabeth Cady Stanton becoming the first woman to testify before U.S. Congress. I did think that was sort of unusual. That seems a little bit late for a woman to, for the first time to be in U.S. Congress. Uh, again, I didn't do the research, but I'm going to assume it's women's rights, women's suffrage. Uh, her and Susan B. Anthony were kind of the two names at the top of the poll or at the top of the list when it came to uh, very, very, very outspoken women for the right of right for women to to vote. So I'm assuming that's what it's about. Uh, she was definitely the women's rights activist of uh, later on will be the of the early 1900s. 1870, Hiram Revels elected to fill unexpired term of Jefferson Davis as U.S. Senator for Mississippi. Uh, it just kind of goes to show where Mississippi was at. Hiram Revels is an African-American man um, who, six years after Civil War, is elected to fill a spot of the previous president of the Confederacy, Jefferson Davis. So it just kind of shows how things had changed post-war uh, especially with the Confederate loss, but uh, you had an African American taking the spot of Jefferson Davis uh, in his empty Senate seat, um, even though technically his term wasn't up. But because he had moved over and done some other things as like a president, really acting president, um, 
they replaced him. Hmm. 1905, U.S. begins supervising the Dominican Republic's national and international debts, testing President Theodore Roosevelt's corollary to the Monroe Doctrine, um, which, again, America at that point in the early 1900s sort of became the big brother of this part of the world specifically, North and South America. Um, the president and, and his cabinet and others began to sort of look out for whether it be islands or Central American countries, South American countries, uh, over over really long period of time and uh, just sort of protecting them from uh, other mainly European countries that wanted to come in and, and e- even colonize or conquer those those states. So uh, that's the Roosevelt Corollary and Monroe Doctrine are all kind of in that same time period. Um, well, Monroe Doctrine is a long time ago, actually. It was the first time around of, a, of that. Crowley kind of restated it. Uh, 1945, Franklin D. Roosevelt sworn in for a for an unprecedented and never-to-be-repeated fourth term as president. And I do want to be careful because the next few things I'm going to list off, we're having a little competition here, and I don't want to read too many things about what happened in the inauguration. Okay. but what you say, buddy. Yeah. A well, lot of inaugurations have probably happened, <laughs> happened on today. the 20th. Yeah, yeah. they have. I won't read them all, but um, a number of them have today. 1949, J. Edgar Hoover gives Shirley Temple a tear gas fountain pen. I don't know exactly. A tear gas fountain. I'm going to guess that the tear gas is in the ink. Oh, so she could defend herself because J. Edgar Hoover yeah, was the he- first yeah, head of the yeah, FBI. Yeah, oh. yeah So he was the founder of the FBI, and it was probably like a little personal defense weapon. Yeah, yeah like a pepper spray. Exactly. Only it was like with a pepper fountain spray. Pen. Yeah. That was go. back in 1949. Yeah, yeah. They had some uh, ingenuity going on back then, uh, for sure. Fountain pen. Uh, 1953, the first live U.S. coast-to-coast inauguration address. Anybody want to guess who that was in 1953? I'll start my own little trivia section Uh, here. 1953, let's see here. It would have been... um, Remember, it would have been a 1952 election. Right, so it would have been uh, Harry... uh, No... Eisenhower. Yep. Eisenhower. Yeah. I'll let you stop. Yeah, I'll, 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 you I knew right. it couldn't be. Truman was actually oh, yeah. during the end of the war, so it had to be Eisenhower. He was in after forty. That. He was in forty-four, even though he didn't give an inauguration address at that point. Uh, and then um, four, or not four. I'm sorry. Um, he finished up, and then Eisenhower. Yeah, might have been his second one actually. I think he ran for eight years. Uh, Robert Frost recites "Gift Outright" at JFK's inauguration, 1961. Yep. This 1960 election is when he got elected. Um, Generalissimo, <laughs> Generalissimo Francisco Franco meets with Jewish representatives to discuss legitimizing Jewish communities in Spain. Uh, Francisco Franco was the uh, was the man set up by Hitler and Stal- uh, Hitler and Mussolini in that Spanish Civil War before World War II. So he was still in there many many years later. Chris, you're the generalissimo manager of the radio station. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's a, I, that's just <laughs> you a, take that title and run with it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Hopefully okay. you're that'll better be than, on a, that'll be in a badge. You do a better job than Franco did with his yeah. country. But you, you're the generalissimo manager. Managerio. Yeah. Generalissimo managerio. Chris Harp, Harperio. Harperio. I'm assistanto. <laughs> generalissimo. Yeah. Basil yeah. Duo. Yeah, Basil. Uh, 1980, <laughs> President Jimmy Carter announces U.S. boycott of the Olympics in Moscow uh, as times were still tough. But wasn't that – didn't they end up going? And wasn't that when Miracle was? Or is that 1984 Olympics? Uh, back then, the Olympics – there was a summer and a winter Olympics in the same 
They would do them in the same yeah, so year, maybe right? So maybe it's the 80. Yeah. So it was the it was 80 90, winter, Olympics, winter Olympics, but we boycotted the summer Olympics. That's what it is. Yep. Because I was going to say, man, that, I thought 1980 was a miracle. Yep. Uh, 1981, Ronald Reagan inaugurated his 40th U.S. president. And then, is that all on there? My, uh, That's not on there. I hope right. not. I don't think so. Uh, and then last couple things here is 1986, first federal holiday honoring Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, that was the year that I was born. Uh, it was the first year they offer, uh, um, honored him uh, as a U.S. national holiday. Uh, George H.W. Bush inaugurated as the 44th president. And then, of course, 19, I'm sorry, 2009, I guess it is now, uh, you have Barack Obama inaugurated as the 44th president of the United States, becoming the first African-American president, uh, which is for sure of note. And um, so. Cool. That's where I'll stop. All leave right. It, leave it as a good segue yes. to our trivia so, game. So, yeah, yeah we, we want to play a little inauguration trivia because it's something that you don't think about for three years and 355 days, and then all of a sudden it's upon you, you know, in the last mm-hmm. week and a half before inauguration, you're thinking, oh. Could be seven years, yeah. depending be. on if the, That's right. That's yeah, right. we haven't had one in a while. Re-election, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think Bob the Librarian sent us some trivial information about a not-so-trivial topic, inauguration. And so, the information is trivial. The the or it's just it is tri- it's, it's a trivia. trivia. Okay, <laughs> trivial <laughs> inform it's 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 information it's, delivered in a it's uh, serious information. Format. That's right. It's in non- trivia format. There you go. Yeah, it's a non-trivial info delivered in a trivial format. Right. Do you want and, to start this with a hand? And we have we, we have Sebastian as our oh, as our scorekeeper. He He's going generalizing. Oh, yeah. oh, Sebastian, <laughs> I will take you down. Old Baldwin right, empowered points. him for a half a second <laughs> wow. to be quizmaster, and wow. all of a sudden he's taken over. <laughs> all right. Okay, Sebastian, you ask us. We'll blurt out the answers as best we can, or you could go person by person, and we could rotate. How do you want to do it? All right, we'll just go. We'll just go around. Okay. We'll just go All, around right. The All right. All right. So here we go. First question. So we're not competing then, or is it just? I'm we keeping right track of points. Uh, let that. Okay. So yell it out. In. So or, no, or what are we you doing get here? to go first, and uh, if we'll you miss it, then uh, the next question. Pers- then it's toss up between the last two. How about that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, sounds you'll, good. You'll That's all fair. get an answer. All right. Okay. I might just. I'm just known to blurt stuff out on the radio sometimes. Anyway, so yeah. Be warned, even if it's not my turn. That's okay. Ford. Okay, anyway, go ahead. Okay, all right. Which inauguration was the first broadcast live on the internet? A, Ronald Reagan, B, Bill Clinton, C, George W. Bush, or D, Barack Obama? I'm going to say Bill Clinton. So you're going with B. B. Okay, Jared, what is your guess? I would say George W. Bush. Okay. That's my guess. George W. Bush, George W. Bush. Uh, the correct answer is B, Bill Clinton. Oh, Chris wow. got it correct, right. bringing That's him right. up to zero points. Well, that must be around the time Al Gore invented the internet. So Right. I, yeah. I, I knew it had to be earlier because, um, well, it was in the 90s. I mean, mm-hmm. I was on the internet 92. in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Sure. sure. Yeah. Next question. Which inauguration holds the record for largest attended? A, Ronald Reagan. B, Bill Clinton. C, George W. Bush. Or B. D, Barack Obama. Wow, let's hear it. That's a that's a tough one. I'm gonna say uh, th- I'm gonna say Barack Obama. D, but I don't know if that's true. Hmm. For large, but I know it was dependent. a I know it was an awfully big one because of the historic nature right. of the 
of the inauguration? I'm going to say Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Um, you can pick the same answer. I know, but I don't want to. I, I mean, I don't want to repeat Jared all day. Right. <laughs> well, what if he's right? Oh uh, well, which gonna, you know, wise uh, choice. Okay, at the time, I'm going to go with Clinton. Actually, was that one of the choices? Clinton. Yes, yes. Bill Clinton was okay. B. The correct answer was Chris. Once again, you're the winner. Wow, Chris. Barack Obama. Oh. Had to Chris be, right? is intuitive about these news types. It was historic. Tender. It was a historic election. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Plus, Chris was on the internet in the '90s. We just found out. So he's yeah. been he's been a he's been uh, savvy. info guy for a long time. All right. Yeah. Now, next. <laughs> We're sorry, there's a lot of questions here. Go right? ahead. Go Which ahead. Which president has had the largest inaugural platform to date? The size of the actual platform. Yeah, like, what are you standing on? Whoa. Yes. Okay. That's hey, a tough one. Ronald Reagan. B, Bill Clinton, C, George W. Bush, or D, Barack Obama? Oh, man. I know that Obama had the, the Greek columns and all that and had the stadium event, and he, he was known for the – he's known for the dramatic and epic. Yeah. I'm going to say Obama, even though I think it's a bit of a trick and it's not going to be him, but I'm still going to say it, Obama. All right. All right. I would say – uh, I'm going to go with, what was answer A again? A-, A was Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. And Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, or Barack Obama. I'm, I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with Bill Clinton again because it seems like something he'd do. That's true, too, yeah. yeah. He'd want a really big platform. So we got a Barack Obama. Um, the presidency is Ronald the biggest Reagan. platform of them Ronald, all. Ronald yeah. Reagan? Yeah. <laughs> Ronald Reagan, you said? Yes. And, and Bill. Bill Clinton. You are all wrong, and Sebastian gets the point. Wow. Because it's George W. Bush. Wow. Whoa. I would not have guessed He was that. from Texas. Mission accomplished. Everything's bigger in Texas, yeah. including yeah. the platform. Yeah, that only and, makes sense. And you realize at the end of it how important it was, because yeah. none of us yep. even knew. Yeah. 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 That was a you life-changing could, I don't know event. that you'd even be able to eyeball it like you, if you remember the inauguration. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? How would you know? Yeah. You just wouldn't know. I don't know. I really wouldn't it's a tough know. one. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Next up. Which inauguration was the first one to be televised? A. Lyndon Johnson. B. Richard Nixon. C. Harry Truman. Or D. John F. Kennedy. Televised? Wow, first it's got to be. It's got to be Kennedy. I'm gonna say Kennedy. We have a Kennedy. Oh, okay. So Johnson, because he looked so good in the debate on television, remember that? Yeah, yeah. Lyndon's after Kennedy. And so it yeah. wouldn't have been him, I don't I think. I think it's Truman. I think it was during World uh, I think it, been, yeah, during it World been. War what II. Were the, it was Truman, Kennedy, yeah. Lyndon, and who? It's Johnson, it's Nixon, Eisen, oh, Johnson, Truman, and Kennedy. See, remember the story of uh, Nixon versus Kennedy, and Kennedy won the election. Right. And they say because he looked so good on television, that was yes. the first debate on television. So I'm yeah, using I'll go deductive with, I'm reasoning. I'm going to go with JFK as well. Okay, so two for... JFK, right? You said JFK. Yes. One for Truman. And one for Truman. Jared gets the point. It oh. was Truman, the first one to be wow. televised Drat. for his inauguration. So, huh. All right. I'm now, awful at this. We will I do... talked myself into it. Did you notice that? You did. Yeah. You talked did. You talked me right into it. I let you too. talk yourself into it. <laughs> now, we'll do number five and they'll do a quick score update. Okay. okay. All right, here's the question. For those keep uh, uh, <laughs> listening intently at home. Yeah. All right, yeah. here we go. Who was the first Roman Catholic to become president of the United States? A, John F. Kennedy. B, Richard Nixon. C, Franklin D. Roosevelt. Or D, Calvin Coolidge. It's Kennedy. Kennedy. 
Uh-huh. Kennedy. Yeah, Kennedy. Kennedy. You sure? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's Kennedy. So. Uh, <laughs> all right, we'll <laughs> take. We're we'll all take those very points. sure about You know what? One. How about we all just get a point? That sounds. Everyone gets except for Sebastian. It's like a millennial scorekeeping right here. That's right. Hey. I'm just, I'm the just score trying to now add some interest, okay? Super Everybody gets a awesome, trophy at the end, too. Great, sure. and you're a winner. The score That's currently, the score. Lawrence, one. Jared, two. Chris, three. And wow. Sebastian, one. Okay. okay. All right. I'm well on okay. my way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question. And um, we have another ten, so if you just want me to go to another, another five. Just go another just five. Five more. Right. Five more. we got to get it we'll done in five, five minutes. Five questions. All right. We'll go. Which inauguration was first broadcast nationally on radio? Ooh, radio. A, Franklin D. Roosevelt, B, Calvin Coolidge, C, Warren Harding, or D, Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson? I'm going to mm. go with Harding. I'm going to give an answer first here. Harding. Warren G? Yeah. Oh, boy. I think the radio was out by the 20s. Oh, boy. Now, you are Harding. a history professor. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Harding as well. Harding, Harding. That seems logical, but... Um. Wilson, is it Woodrow Wilson? That's Woodrow. too early. I think. I think you get one. I think um, Woodrow Wilson and the chicken in every pot wasn't that Woodrow yeah. Wilson? Uh, no, um, that was. Uh, or was that Coolidge? No, chicken in every Herbert pot. Hoover. Was was Herbert Hoover. That was Herbert Hoover. Yeah, he's not an option. But he's not an option. Oh boy, um, I would do cool Calvin Coolidge. Calvin Coolidge. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? I'm positive. Congratulations, you got the point, Jared. Ah. It was Calvin Coolidge. There you go. Man, disappointed in you. I'm pretty bad, Mister. That's right. We just manager. tied it up. Four questions <laughs> left. His, four questions and four minutes. Come back, kid. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, question number seven: Which inauguration? Which inauguration was first recorded by a motion picture camera? Oh. A. Woodrow Wilson. B. Theodore Roosevelt. C. John F. Kennedy. And D. William McKinley. Oh boy. Mm, I'm I'm gonna go with. Um, Roosevelt, Teddy. I believe I've seen the yeah. s- stereograph, whatever image of Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, I'm going to do okay. Teddy in his speech. Teddy okay. for me as well. Teddy, I yeah. think okay. Sebastian gets a point because oh. it's actually William McKinley. Oh, really? Man. Yep. Wow. Even before. Oh my goodness, that's in the 1800s. Man, I've never seen McKinley on video. No, me neither. No, I, they just took his name off the mountain, even. Wow. Mount yeah. McKinley, right? Now it's Denali. Yeah, it's Denali. Denali. Yeah. The last slap in the face to William McKinley. <laughs> All right. <laughs> question number eight. At least who, he got his, his inauguration videoed. I'm killing this uh, question there. Who here. was who was sworn in during the coldest inauguration day on record? A, James Buchanan. B, Abraham Lincoln. Totally C, a- Ulysses S. Grant, yes. wild D. Guess. William Taft. Because at least the other ones we had. <laughs> Who was C again? Ulysses S. Grant. Ulysses S. Grant. Well, they were all in January. It was colder back then. I'm going to go with Lincoln. <laughs> Lincoln. He Global sounds like warming. a guy that would go have with been the outside. Um, uh, I'll go with, uh, who was the first one? James Buchanan. James Buchanan. He was you know, the one, one of right, them died right because Lincoln. they spoke too long and that they was, were in that, the cold that and was, wet. That uh, was, I think, Grover Cleveland. Okay. Wow. Well, then I'm going to go with Taft. Yeah, I was going to do. I was going to do. He doesn't get any love I'm, from okay, these I, quizzes, look, I, I, except for that I'm mustache. Going, I'm going with Grant. Why not? He wouldn't have noticed. It's a wild guess. He yeah. wouldn't have noticed. All right. Well, because of your wild guess, Sebastian does not get a point. Chris, you get the point. It was what? Ulysses S. Grant. Oh, wow. Who was sworn in? 
Wow. They didn't teach me that. I, he needed a vote, though. Bob I felt Jones like, oh, history no, curriculum. It was President Harrison died. Harrison of, yeah, died a month the later. Bad weather because yeah. he gave the longest speech and ended up dying from yeah. being out there too long. Okay, That's, two more. Okay, yeah, which let that inaug- be a lesson to us. We have all. One minute. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> which inauguration allowed African Americans to participate for the first time in the parade? Ooh. A. James Garfield. B. Rutherford Hayes. C. Ulysses S. Grant or D. Abraham Lincoln. Grant is the logical, is the logical uh, answer here. That's what I'm going with. It's the first one after um, Civil War. Oh boy. Well, it's like, do you go for it or do you just play it safe? I I think I'm gonna go for. It. I'm gonna say Rutherford B. Hayes. Rutherford B. Hayes. I don't even know when that was. I, no, I, I know he had so, a long beard. That's all I remember. Um, He's got long can you beard. read those answers again? James Garfield, Rutherford Hayes, Ulysses S. Grant, or Abraham Lincoln? I'm going to change my answer because I don't <laughs> think the answer is going to be two in a row. I think they keep it diversified. Who says I'm reading them in order? Yeah, you are. So <laughs> Are you cheating? Uh, no. Are you looking at my favor? <laughs> Clearly. The one, one point minute. I've earned <laughs> one shows <minute>. cheating. <laughs> Final question. This is it. Um, yeah, we'll make this I'm, final question. I'm gonna, uh, I'll go with Hayes as well. I'm going to do Garfield. Was that? Okay. Gro- was um, Grover Cleveland in that? Yeah, Garfield, Grover. Was, Garfield was on you. Yeah. I'm going to do Garfield. Garfield. He deserves a. Rutherford he, B. Hayes. He deserves an answer, I Lincoln feel. Lincoln and Grant. He just deserves an answer. You get one, and you said Grant. And the correct answer is Abraham Lincoln. Oh, Wow. Really? Which Sebastian gets the point because you don't wow. get two answers. So, so what's that final score? The final score is Lawrence one. I'm sorry, I should have given you that point. But anyway, Jared two, uh, three, three, Chris four, and Sebastian three. Oh boy, Chris, you won! Congratulations. You know what? We're gonna give you 200 compliments during the news break. <laughs> Good thing it's a four minute news wow. segment, so it's great. All right. Well, hey, Sebastian, great job. Thanks. You know, if this gig doesn't work out, I'll help write up a recommendation for you for Game Show Network. Yep. Thanks. Yeah, you could do like you know that. trivia, not so trivial trivia. Yeah, <laughs> great. All right, and listeners, thanks for bearing with us through that uh, riveting segment on inauguration <laughs> trivia. We're going to take a short break for the news. SRN News is coming up, and when we come back, we have what's in my coffee with Jeremy Wendell, the head barista from the Hub. Also, we have interviews with John Collier and Nick Brown. We have the news, Stranger Than Fiction, and some other fun stuff to talk about today. And at the end of the show, reminding us to pray for those in authority because we do have a new president of the United States. We want to make sure we're honoring him and praying for him. This is Live Till 5 on KHMG, 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam. And this is SRN News. the hang of it this is live till five second hour if you are playing your air trumpet or your air marimba right now you are in good company because that's what we're doing here in the studio of khmg harvest family radio hong kong mambo is the name of that song i've learned in the biz that one of the most important parts is not content it's not production quality it's not uh technology it's not software it's not the co-hosts 
Um, it's not the programming. It's really the bumper music. It kind of makes makes the show. I I enjoy the bumper music almost as much as everything else on the show combined. But anyway, hey, welcome back to Live Till 5. It's 4 or 5 p.m. on Friday, January 20th. Glad you're with us here on KHMG. We joke, we laugh, we have fun. But uh, I still have a studio here with me, Chris Harper, all-around good guy and station manager, or Generalicio Managerio of KHMG, Harvest Family Radio. Get it? The O at the end. Sebastian, wingman today, also our trivia uh, captain. And then Lawrence Nangas is still here, hanging around after this day in history because we're eagerly anticipating the drinks coming up from the hub. The chief barista in charge, Jeremy Wendell, will be up here in just a moment, bringing the drinks and actually participating for his first time ever in What's in My Coffee with us. So it'll be a lot of fun to have him up here with us. But uh, we don't want to go beyond this week without making a mention, at least, of Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which was this past week. And uh, many students and businesses had the day off. We did not, but uh, we're not ignoring the holiday either by making mention of it right now. Now, Sebastian, you did a little reading on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I did. Give us give us a little breakdown, uh, because some people, you know, if they're not from the United States, maybe they've heard of the holiday or they've heard of the person, but they might not know much about it. So why don't you give us a short version of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. holiday? Yeah, well, um, I mean, it's celebrating his birthday um, and speaking of birthday, he was born Michael King Jr. Mm. Mm. Um, in January 15th, 1929. Um, in 1934, his father, a pastor at Atlanta's Ebenezer Baptist Church, traveled to Germany and became inspired by the Pro- Protestant uh, Reformation leader Martin Luther. So I guess he ch- changed his name to Martin Luther. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Um, okay, so the... Uh, some background on the the march, the march in D.C. where he gave the "I I Have a Dream" speech. Um, that day, King had volunteered to go last to to speak in that schedule uh, because no one wanted that slot at the end because they say that all the news guys, all the news people would be gone by then. So like no one wanted to, and it was only supposed to be like six minutes, but or five minutes or so. But he took sixteen minutes. Giving that speech, uh, everyone stuck around. They were very uh, interested in what he had to say. Yeah. So, all right. And then we know that Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. And uh, um, it, it's kind of unfortunate. The His mother was, uh, her name was Alberta. All right. And uh, she was also the victim of violence. Uh, there was a man who, there was a man who, uh, was sitting in their their church who who had stood up and and opened fired on her because she was playing the organ or or she she played the organ there at that church but opened fired on her because she was the closest one um and he the, the man his motive saying that Christians were his enemies and the the sad thing about it was that uh Martin Martin Luther King Jr had preached there in years past about uh he was preaching against violence so um yeah, those are just some some interesting things about Martin Luther that I had no idea about. I didn't know that about his mother, you know, who passed away later after after he was assassinated, and um, and so he's one of the only uh, Americans to have their uh, name their birthday recognized as a national holiday, um, other than you know for President's Day. So, yeah, yeah. 
I uh, tried to play his speech on the radio, but it's actually a copyrighted product. You can't just like download it and use it uh, without permission. I believe you have to actually pay royalties if you're going to use the Martin Luther King Jr. Will, address. Will it go into the public domain? Um, how long will it ever? I don't know. I think it's a it's a copyrighted piece, and it's owned by his estate. I believe his daughter's estate oh, or something. So. so yeah, it was his wife's estate, I believe. So I tried a couple of years ago, uh, tried to see if we could get it on the air, but uh, it's not as easy as you'd think. Mm-hmm. That's why you usually hear just a little clip of it. You don't hear the whole thing. So That's true. Well, hey, we've been joined in studio by uh, Mr. Jeremy Wendell. Jeremy, pull right up to that microphone, put the headphones on so you can hear yourself. Uh, Jeremy, we've been calling you the head barista at uh, the hub. <laughs> Is that an appropriate term? What a title. Yeah. What a title. Are, yeah. Are, are you the head barista? I mean, you know, what else would you like to be called if not that? He's the hub manager is probably uh, that, yeah. probably um, the more efficient m- title. I'd say manager is, is okay Manager? Me. Yeah. Okay. So but, barista is not necessarily... You make coffee, though. I do. I do he enjoy. Can. Yeah, I see. And he's, he, he's, he's uh, also the... Um, uh, he's the fashion uh, consultant... He's the interior decorator. He's for the, sure. Oh, yes. He, you're the uh, second string candle sniffer uh, for Yankee Candles. <laughs> Sometimes first string. First string, if the other person's got a stuffy nose. Um, I mean, there's just a number of things that you do down there. Uh, and, you know, the hub has been part of this show ever since the first show. Because the very first week, I realized that, uh, first off, it's really nice to have something to sip on while you're talking on the radio because um, you're kind of in here by yourself. Before I had like people up here with me, and secondly, it's a great way to promote what's happening down in the hub, because uh, we always have new drinks and new candles and new items for sale and things like that. So it's a great way to uh, promote it. And so, Jeremy, we wanted to uh, welcome you to my favorite segment of the show, which many people know is brought to us by Hebrews Coffee Shop and Bookstore, the best little coffee shop on Guam, offering an endless variety of coffees, teas. Baked goods, Christian music, books, gifts, and including the largest selection of Yankee candles in the entire Eastern Hemisphere. I go there a lot. Not the Eastern Hemisphere, but the hub. Every day. Now, let's play What's My Coffee. There might be more Yankee candles in some places. I'm just not aware of any other place that has Yankee candles like we do. We love our Yankee candles, and uh, we love our coffee drinks. And today, Jeremy has brought us now. Do you know what's in your drink already? No, actually, I don't. Okay, that's great. That's great, because you can play right along with us. So for those listening at home, uh, there's nothing you can do about it. The coffee shop's already closed for the day. However, this might inspire you to go on Monday and get a drink, or even Sunday afternoon after church and get a drink. Uh, we all have drinks that, that, that were prepared for us down in the coffee shop. They bring them up to us. We all pick one, just kind of looking at the cup, and then we have to decide what does it taste like? We give some superlatives. What does it look like? What does it taste like? Et cetera, et cetera. Some of our drinks are hot. Some are cold. And we're going to let Lawrence go first because um, he, he has a, a great history of guessing exactly what his drinks are. Yeah. Today, today is, a, I think, a new drink for me. Uh, I've never had it warm, it, but it's green tea. But it's not like the green tea with a tea bag. It's like the green tea matcha. Oh, the powder, yeah. Yeah, but I think they made it hot, which I'd never had before. Mm. So now that I know kind of what I'm going into, I'm a little bit more accepting of it. The first drink, I was kind of like, whoa. Okay. I was ready for coffee and got green uh, green tea matcha. But I think that's what it is. Is it creamy? It is. Yeah, that's the difference. If It's not. It's probably got um, 
milk in it as opposed to mm. uh, to ha- to water. But I I don't really know if there's another flavor with it. Uh, Is it sweet? It's strong. At all? Oh yeah, it's it's delicious. Uh, so now it's that a I know matcha. It's, it's a hot matcha I drink so. with milk. So I like a so. matcha latte. Matcha like latte. Matcha latte. Yeah. Hi, it's a matcha latte. Ah, yes. It sounds like something you put matcha in is a hot latte. So it's pretty good though. Okay. Awesome. It's like a London fog. Oh, you know what? That's my. It might be green tea London fog. Ah. Anyways, I'm I'm going it's more down a like path a, I don't like know much more, more like about. A, like a <laughs> Cambodian fog or a, yeah, uh, it could be. It could be or like an Amazonian London. fog. Yeah, it's more like a Brazilian fog. Yeah, or, Brazilian yeah, okay. fog. Ooh, right, Peruvian out. fog. Okay. All right. Great. Now, uh, Sebastian, you have a hot drink as well, which you don't normally drink. do hot drinks. No, but I'm going with it. What does it taste like? And it tastes like a creamy, smooth pumpkin. A creamy smooth pumpkin, <laughs> like a whole pumpkin, like a whole pumpkin, like a He's chowing on a pumpkin. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, it's so <laughs> straight, but you know, what? I might but be completely off. Okay, but I think that's what it is. It's a creamy smooth pumpkin. Probably not autumn spice. Cup. Creamy smooth pumpkin. It's probably not autumn like spice. A, does it have? Yeah, does it have like spices? No, no seasonings. No. Any Maybe, coffee? Oh, in there, it's probably just a pumpkin just, latte. Just milk, it might be pumpkin, milk and pumpkin liquid. Okay, that sounds tasty. It's a new one. Especially if you're like a white-tailed deer or something like that. A creamy pumpkin. Like I'm in fall. Milk. Okay. Uh-huh. Awesome. Okay. Jeremy, uh, you have a cold drink. I'm from, I do. from I'm looking through your clear cup here, and it is the same color as my Gap Everyday khakis. See? Yeah, it is. And it uh, looks, Almost looks like creamy, creamy and tasty. What does it taste like? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking here, creamy coffee drink. I'm thinking probably a white mocha with caramel. So oh, caramel white mocha. If, himself. Oh, okay. if I had to guess, if I'd you say. had to guess, and you do live there, so I do live you, there. Yes, you know enough. Okay, so now I've not had a sip of mine yet. It is clear, iced. Is it water? And I did not want to. If it is water, I didn't want to <laughs> give it away. So I'm going to take my first drink with I the millions it, of listeners participating at the same time. <laughs> no, Here we go. Hold on. Water. It's not. It's coconut juice. It's not. It's, mm, not, it's, it's not carbonated. Water. It's sweet. It tastes like cream soda, sugar-free cream soda. Pineapple? I think it is a fruit splash with sugar-free vanilla. I think that would be my guess. It tastes like a really good sugar-free cream soda. So like the, um, uh, the Werner's cream soda or uh, Shasta cream soda, but it's sugar-free. I'm pretty sure it's sugar-free because sugar-free does, like, you know, my heart doesn't start palpitating when I drink sugar-free. So that's how I'm... Pretty pretty good. It doesn't give me my diabetes. So now Chris, he's got a cold drink, and his looks like the traditional coffee house type blended drink. Yeah, I was attracted to the drink because of the whipped cream on top and the dark. And it's in perfect chocolate riblets. Looking, yeah, um, it was a chocolatey looking drink, but it is not chocolate. I don't think mm, it's a mango smoothie. It is not a mango smoothie. Is it a blended chai latte? Is it a cherry drink? I I don't know Chocolate if it's a cherry, cherry drink. Is it an anvil? I, <laughs> I mean, if we're just throwing out random words. I'm taking another drink just to be okay, sure. Okay, all right. I have no idea what it's got, it is. It definitely has whipped cream on top, I, and it's, it's, a, it's a blended coffee drink. Whatever this is, the, I would like to get another one. What number sometime. is it? What number is it on your cup there? This is number five. Ooh, 
That's a clay special. It actually has real clay in it, uh, derived from the back of campus. No, I'm, I'm assuming that's Clay, the soccer player, that right? Is, yeah, it is Clay Mitchell. Clay, yeah. our student, Clay Mitchell, Hawaiian mocha with hazelnut. So it is mocha. Yes. Wow. Ooh, that, that looks good. Hawaiian mocha with hazelnut. It's a clay special. Wow, and they actually wrote Blended. on the paper clay special. Clay like special. You like know, it. he really has earned this. Good job, Clay. You know, Does he come yeah. in every day? Almost every day, yeah. I see him with yeah. $1 bills coming in and laying out his money to buy his drinks. Because yeah, I teased him yesterday. He's a consistent shopper. Or Definitely. Nice. We try and get him hooked young. Okay, I have uh, drink number four, which is a vanilla sugar-free splash. So there you go. Ding, ding, ding. I'm almost as good as Lawrence wow, you on guessing. Man. Who's got know, drink today, number three? Today's tough. He, Jeremy I got has. drink three. Jeremy, you have a cold brew with caramel. No way. Okay, cold so brew. I was close. So it's that smooth. Right Explain the cold brew process for us. So cold brew is basically just brewed um, at room temperature for a long amount period of time, and then and that's it. So it's just we take our coffee ground and leave it overnight inside of a uh, a filter bag with fresh water, and then in the morning, bada boom, bada bing, there you go. Nice cold brew. Wow, I even like boom. the sound effect bada that goes boom. with that. Okay, <laughs> who has number two? Who has drink number two? That is Lawrence. You are drinking a matcha latte. Matcha latte. Yeah. That's what I said. Green that's tea great. matcha. You should see the color of it, too. Oh, that's healthy. Yeah, it has to be. That's right? healthy. It yes. has to be healthy. Yes, that is good mm. for all your insides. Don't even so much enzymes. Number one is not a creamy pumpkin. Hey, yes. I was close. It's another round um, another round food that gets mistaken for fruit but isn't, uh, just like pumpkin. Tomato? Coconut chai. Coconut chai. That actually sounds really yummy. I really like yeah, coconut chai. And I don't, I don't even say yummy hardly ever. Yeah. Except for, you know, maybe a new pair of shoes every once in a while. Anyway, coconut chai. I don't <laughs> taste it. I taste you like don't? Pumpkin. Coconut is very hard to distinguish. I li- but I love coconut. Yeah. I should be yeah. able to distinguish coconut it. Coconut chai. You picked the right one. You just were drawn to it. It's yummy. All right. Awesome. <laughs> well, Jeremy, uh, we have a new piece of technology down in the coffee shop. Tell us a little bit about the, uh, we haven't named it yet, right? We don't have a name yet? No, no name yet. We're still looking for a, a good name. Kayla said it should be hunt. a female name because it is Hebrews, and so she's trying to balance it out. I don't know if we, uh, are we stuck with that? or I don't I don't think so. I think, okay. I'm kind of thinking once we hear the name, It'll, just you'll click. just know. No, you'll no, just know. It. Yep. It's a balance between two, uh, two manly, like slasher or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right, two, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Petunia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, so it's it's, it's it's got a now it has uh, so tell us a little bit about the machine. I mean, it's 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 beautiful uh, piece of technology to look at. But uh, where did we get it from? And so we bought this machine actually from Italy. Uh, from Italy, it's a Class Seven Ranchilio machine, and um, that's just fun to say. Yeah, Ranchilio. Ranchilio. So um, it's a tall. It's it's a great machine. Um, it's all volumetric, so that's an, a step up for us. We're able to program it to do one shot two shot program the amount of water um so we're excited about it we're still learning different features and and um learn how to use it best awesome awesome i it's making some great drinks uh you guys got your training on it last thursday so we've been using it a little over a week now yes yeah great okay well i encourage our listeners to go by and uh Order something that has espresso in it or that at least has hot water in it so you can uh, see them fire up this uh, beautiful, beautiful machine. Ranchillo. So, the, this, the uh, Series 7 Ranchillo. Ranchillo. Yeah, yeah. We're actually going to be rolling out a new 
format of the menu as well in the next couple of weeks. And so the uh, the tea lattes that these guys had are actually on that, that new menu. That's so, what I was going to say. I don't think I'd ever seen this yeah. even there. So Yeah, so we'll have nice. tea lattes will be a new section. Um, there'll be chai, which we already have, and then a coconut chai, which Sebastian <laughs> um, clearly had. <laughs> <laughs> he, you said his name, and he kind of just let out this giggle. That was funny. <laughs> Sorry. And he then, said uh, Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> and then the matcha latte as well. Nice. Nice. I, I found the new title for Jeremy. Okay, what's he that? He should be the Generalissimo of the Ranchilio. Oh, yes. We were talking about Generalissimo Franco from Spain. Go. And we were noticing that Chris is the Generalissimo Managerio. So you could be the Generalissimo, Generalissimo of the Series 7 Ranchilio. GR for short. I'll take it. Yeah, awesome, great. Okay, well, Folks, cool. This, hey, this two hundred episode is pretty yes. unforgettable so far. Yeah, we we this is one for the the uh, history books, and the, probably the best thing we could do right now is go and take a short break. During the break, I'm going to play an interview that I had this week with John Collier, who was there with me ever since the the cons- the the idea of the idea of live till five way back. Five years ago, I remember us talking about it. So we're going to take a short break, go to the John Collier interview, listen to a few other segments, and come back with more Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, 4.23 p.m. on Friday, January 20th. Stick around for more Live Till 5 after this. Uh, I have on the air with me right now John Collier and uh, John Collier, former radio station manager, really the founder of KHMG Harvest Family Radio, and the man who I can directly uh, attribute everything I know about radio, everything that that my listeners hear me do. I learned it all from John. All my habits, all my all the technical stuff. I call it. I, I, he brought me into the biz. And um, everyone out there, you could thank this man for everything you hear every Friday afternoon. John Collier, how's it? How are you doing down there in Florida? Well, now that you've said all that, I, I'm not sure I want to do the interview because I might be in trouble. But anyway, I'm doing good, Jared. And if I don't get a chance to say it, um, when you wrote me and told me that you were about to do the 200th anniversary or 200th episode, it took me like, you know, so I'm getting old, it took me like five minutes to figure out how many years that had been and everything. But I just want to say congratulations. That is awesome. Thank you, and thank I, you. Honestly, after the first couple of shows, I never thought we'd get to five or two, let alone I know. 200. So. I know, and now we we the only rival we have is pretty much unshackled, I think. <laughs> well, you're you going to have to stay on the air for just a, just a few more episodes. Yeah, up, yeah, yeah. Well, um, uh, I wanted to ask you about the early days, because I remember uh, Pastor Heron kind of was coaxing us towards doing something for a long time, and you and I both drug our feet because... We anticipated, first off, it would be like one of those fixed points on the calendar every week that you could not, almost everything else in my life I can be late for, I can, you know, send someone else to do it for me, I, you know, if I can't make it, I can't make it, but this is one of those things that it's a, it's a hard, fast thing, and so I remember being very resistant in the early days. Uh, what do you remember about the early days of the show? Well, I think you just, you pretty much just described me as well, which probably, is a good reason why it took like a year or more for it to actually get off the ground. I still remember sitting on the ground at a 5K, a Harvest 5K, and you were, I think, doing the MC, and I had helped with the AV, and Pastor Candy came up behind me and sat down and started sharing his vision for a live radio program, and 
although in my in my heart I knew that was a great idea, I just was, you know, like most everything that is a good idea, I also kind of saw some of the work and effort that it was going to take to put into it. So I was also dreading that a little bit. Uh, so it did take a while, and it was, like I said, it was uncharted territory. We weren't sure what we were going to do or how it was going to, even when it was going to be. Um, but I think we found out rather quickly that even though, yes, it was extra work, and yes, it was on a Friday afternoon, when by the usually we had been kind of wrapping up for the week at that point, it was a lot of fun. We had a great time, yep. and we had a lot of a lot of like feedback from people who were enjoying the program. So we knew we were kind of headed in the right direction. Sometimes I felt maybe it needed a little tweaking, and then other times I thought, "This is great." And we'd have people coming into the studio from the community or getting on the on the phone with people from around the world and talking to them about different things. Um, excuse me. That's hey, not sh- that's your co-host. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, that's John that's Breaker in the afternoons. Yeah, yeah. I have a uh, Sebastian here. Does the same thing. He just barks right in the middle of the show. So no problem. <laughs> Bring your dog to work. Yeah. Uh, I remember you gave me some uh, very sage advice early on in the show, which was pretty I much advice. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it really stuck. It probably directly led to me being on episode two hundred, and that is, you said. Stop telling everyone you want to get fired from this show. We have to take this serious now that we're on the air. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right. So I stopped saying it soon after that. I'm proud of you, Jared. Yeah. Actually, it's, it's, um, we, you guys have done a lot. I mean, obviously, a lot of changes have taken place over the, it's been almost four years now since the show started. Um, different people have come and gone, but uh, I think one thing remains the same besides the, content and the quality and that is the host and that's you and you've been the one to kind of keep it moving forward and so you deserve a lot of credit of course pastor heron does too because he's the one who was kind of pushing us a little bit to do it but i I just think congratulations and good job on keeping it going for four years that's awesome hey thanks man uh well as we wrap this up why don't you uh let's do a little where are they now segment why don't you uh tell our listeners where you're at now and what you're doing well, after uh, well, just for the last year or so now, we just passed our one-year anniversary. We are living in Pensacola, Florida, and I am with the Rejoice Broadcast Network, and uh, that originates out of WPCS in Pensacola. We have two two full power stations, getting ready to add a third. We have one in uh, Minnesota and one in Idaho. We have about uh, almost, I think, forty translator stations across the country. You can catch us online at rejoice.org. And I am currently, for the last about six months or so, I'm the operations assistant. And uh, so that's that's kind of where we are and what we're doing, keeping things moving forward with that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear you're doing well and you're still in the radio uh, ministry and God using you down there in Florida and really all across America with those other stations. So, John, thanks for taking time and uh, doing this 200th episode kind of anniversary interview really appreciate it we'll have to do this more often hey i i I actually think that's a good idea let me share one funny story with you all right before we go do you remember it was right towards the end of uh my run there with uh live till five and we had done a whole studio overhaul we just completely ripped everything out we did it in just a couple of days and we had to have everything back up and running before the broadcast of Live Tell Five because that's when we had to be live on the radio. We had to have all the microphones working. And so we were running around like crazy getting everything set up. And I smashed my head on a door. Yes. And I thought about killed myself. And uh, I think I eventually started the show with a Band-Aid on my forehead. And then about halfway through the show, we had a problem someplace. And so 
during a break, I ran around to the side of the board and I, I fixed the problem and I jumped up and smacked the back of my head on the table that was holding the audio yep. console. And so I, I'm not sure I remember anything that happened. For the yeah. The show, <laughs> I do remember that two uh, head injuries in one episode, which uh, should be a record. Um, now I try and smash my head at least one time before starting every episode because that one went so well. I thought maybe that was kind of the superstitious little, you know, it's kind of, you know, some people, you know, they wear the same socks or they, you know, <laughs> drink the same, you know, brand of tea every time. Me, I just hit my head twice before every show like you did. Well, I was going to say, you, you never sounded better than you did after that. So I don't know if there's a correlation. <laughs> yes, not, but... Maybe that's a tip for our listeners, too. If you hit your head real hard, the show sounds better. So <laughs> awesome. Well, John, God bless you, brother. Thanks for uh, letting us interview you. And uh, God bless you down there at WPCS. Thanks, Jerry. God bless you guys. And congratulations once again. Shout out to all the listeners. Keep listening to Live Till 5 with Jerry. back with a little more live till five wasn't it great to hear from john collier called him uh, on skype all the way from pensacola florida working down there at wpcs in the radio ministry there that's where he had been before he came to harvest oh so many years ago so glad to hear his voice in just a moment we're going to listen to an interview i did with nick brown today as well and uh really enjoy talking to these guys a blast from the past maybe we'll try and do that more often. But before we get to that part of the show, I just wanted to tell you that uh, have you ever tried to type something in your phone and autocorrect changes it to something totally different? And uh, a word will come up that um, that is not anything close to what you intended? This happened to my wife and I yesterday. Uh, she was trying to send me the word refried as in please get refried beans i was at the grocery store and she wanted me to get refried beans somehow autocorrect on her iphone corrected refried beans into the word recrudescence recrudescence now i didn't even know that was a word recrudescence R-E-C-R-U-D-E-S-C-E-N-C-E. Autocorrect. Refried beans into recrudescence. So I had to look up recrudescence. It is a word. Merriam-Webster, recrudescence. uh, It means a new outbreak after a period of abatement or inactivity, like a renewal, a recrudescence of symptoms, a recrudescence of guerrilla warfare. Recrudescence. (laughs) I'll never forget that word for the rest of my life now, but that didn't even, not even come close to refried beans. What if I would have brought home a recrudescence? <laughs> you know, they, I would have brought home smallpox or something like that. And uh, yeah, so the double funny thing about this is I was texting my wife right before the show and uh, she was 
on khmg.org, and she was telling me uh, where she was clicking on and things. And so um, I sent back, I was trying to send her to make sure she was on the right site, khmg.org. Yeah. Spell check changed khmg.org to kung.org, Kung. And then real names uh, from kung.org popped up. So then I typed it again, khmg.org, and Khmer.org, K-H-M-E-R.org came up. Cambodia. In Cambodia. Yep. And then finally, the third time I typed khmg.org, it actually came up with khmg.org, Harvest Family Radio. But uh, I always turn off autocorrect. Oh, boy. It's a killer. It's just a total killer. So, well, at this time, I think what I want to do is I want to take a minute and play the interview that I did with Nick Brown. It's about seven minutes long. So... We're going to go straight to that and then a short break and then we'll come back and continue on with Live Till 5. I'm on the air right now with Nick Brown, the former Culture Vulture segment host and wingman for Live Till 5 for a number of years. Nick Brown, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Doing very well. Awesome. Well, uh, you were on the air with us for about two years plus and did your culture vulture segment, and that was quite the uh, potpourri, the virtual cornucopia oh, of God. information, cornucopia. right? It's, that's what it was right there every time. Well, what cornucopia for those listeners that might be newer to the program and didn't hear all those segments? I'll encourage them later to go back and listen to some of those. But give our listeners a basic rundown of what types of things you tried to cover in your segment. Oh, man, we switched out some of the segments as we went along because some just weren't as fun as others, and some were just far too much fun. We couldn't have that much fun on the radio. Um, we would go through vocabulary. We talked through a word of the week, and I would try and convince you to use it on Sunday. And many times you would then incorporate it into somehow your greeting or exit strategy on the Sunday morning. Uh, we also played a pun game, the idiom game. Yes. That's what it was. And I would kind of codify an idiom turn it into something else so instead of uh raining cats and dogs we would say it's precipitating felines and canines and all that um we also would talk about art we would have culture we would discuss books and music many times classical pieces that we would listen to try and name them and talk about the artists that created them we just we were connoisseurs of great art epicureans if you will. Yes, yeah. We we totally gorged ourselves on uh, art. <laughs> yes, indeed. We even, I mean, at the height, at the very pinnacle, the quintessential moment was when we were going through Yiddish words, if you remember that. <laughs> I do remember that. I learned I learned a lot about uh, Yiddish words and how Chutzpah. prevalent that is in our uh, common vernacular. So, Absolutely. I think you'd be encouraged yeah. to know we still do idioms. Basically, I took sure. the uh, dictionary of idioms that one of our faithful listeners, PC, uh, gave to me, and I do about 10 idioms a week because, and I've gotten comments on it because we have some listeners that are ESL. And when I explain, hey, these are figures of speech, sometimes they've learned the figure of speech, but they have no idea where it came from. And so I've been doing about 10 idioms a week. And uh, I've gotten some really good feedback on that. But periodically, I will throw back a compliment to Nick Brown, who gave us the original idea. Oh, amen, amen. So what was, what was your favorite part about being on the air? Because you really hadn't done any radio before you came up and did that, right? 
Yeah, I hadn't had any experience. Uh, I remember at first when you were asking me to join, I was quite nervous. I mean, I shouldn't say quite nervous. I was nervous because the perspective or the, the thought of having whatever I say in the moment broadcasted to many, 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 all six listeners, yes. it was so terrifying um, because, you know, sometimes when we're talking in conversation, things slip out and Sure enough, they slip out on the radio as well. Oh, and I, yeah. So that was a, a terrifying moment. But as we got going, I realized that the fellowship, the the joking, our jocular manner, chatting back and forth, and just a lot of laughter. I mean, I, I will say that getting a free drink every week that might have also been a big part of it. You know, just, yeah. You know, good drink, good stuff from Hebrews Worldwide coffee shop and bookstore yes that, uh, occasionally i will say about that i go to every day or almost every day nice window it but anyways um i really enjoy joking around and chatting through art but also just the, the comments that lawrence would bring up as we were there and i'm trying to get chris to laugh that was also a big part of my enjoyment because when he would get in on those idiom games man good stuff and the page boy oh man i just all these good memories Razzing the page boy was also probably one of the best. Oh yeah, that's but that's why he was here. You. Well, I appreciate that, Nick. Uh, we miss you around here, uh, but we have continued to persevere, and now hitting our two hundredth episode. Uh, I never thought we'd actually make it this far. Um, <laughs> I actually tried to quit around episode three, and then again around episode one hundred. <laughs> But uh, I'm sure we picked off at like at least episode 50. But that was great. <laughs> no, now we are now it's like you know, we can't quit. People, you know, right. time their whole week. We are like the the beginning of the Sabbath, actually, for some people. I think, oh, yeah, that's not sacrilege. That is absolutely wonderful to hear. Yeah, we end at 5 p.m. <laughs> on a Friday afternoon, so you know, people know it's about time to start getting ready for the weekend. So, start lighting the candles. Well, give us a little update. Where are you now and what are you doing? Right now, I'm just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. I'm teaching in a school called Killian Hill Christian School. I'm teaching Bible and English and reading to fifth and sixth grade, kind of like uh, Josh Taylor. I try and channel my inner Josh Taylor as I'm teaching. Um, and I'm teaching and I'm loving it. I'm discipling. I'm able to interact with these kids in a, in a really cool way. Um, I'm also currently working on writing books, hopefully sometime in the future, if the Lord wills, and get those published and that I can continue to, to influence and to try and push others towards more Christ-likeness. So that's where we're currently at. Um, Julia and I, we've just purchased a house here. Jace is three, Nora's coming up on two, and we are due in a couple days with our third, a little boy. Wow. I saw something on Facebook about the third one coming along. So do you already have a name picked out? We uh, we do. We are planning on naming him Ethan. Ethan, nice name. That's a great name. I mean, I is I know it like it's probably Jared? like it's probably like Ethan Jared or is it a hyphenated like with Jared or do you have it like as a separate or are you gonna call him Jared He's even though his name's go, Nathan? His middle name Ethan. He's gonna go by Ethan, but his first name is Jared. I, I oh, thought you knew that. That's great. Yeah, all of my children are, are named Jared. Well, and everything it's, else. It's still it's Ethan possible. Jace, Ethan Nora. Yeah, yeah. Or sorry, Jared Jace, Jared Nora. Yeah, Jared Ethan. Well, that's Brown. I wonder your your son would never come to me when I called him by his real name, Jared. So I'd always have to call him Jace. But 
Yeah, we're still working on the training on that. We'll get him there. Don't worry. We'll okay. All right. All right. Well, you know, and there's always a place for him and an unpaid internship here at uh, KHMG. <laughs> Awesome. So, well, it's really good talking to you, and uh, we'll have to do this a little more often. For sure. I like the sound of that. Congratulations on 200, Jared. Thank you. And congratulations on the upcoming birth of little Ethan. Jared Ethan. Yes. Yes. All right. God bless you, Nick. <laughs> Thank you. Have a great day. And we're back with a little more live till 5, 4.45 p.m. on Friday, January 20th. It was great to hear from Nicholas Brown, expecting their third child any day now. So Nicholas and Julia, congratulations. He was a big part of our middle era of our radio show. He's been gone now for a while, but uh, it was good to connect with him via Skype and record that interview for you folks. Chris Harper's here with the news. And uh, I don't even know what's going on in the world today. Chris, what's going on? Well, several things. Uh, The chief among them, the inauguration of a new president of the United States, which is really going to happen in just uh, uh, several hours from now uh, into the... uh, the 20th in this back in the states there's things happening because of that uh, one of them is that north korea is in the news they are preparing to test launch a new upgraded prototype of an intercontinental ballistic missile south korean media reported that on thursday citing some military sources in his new year's speech leader kim jong un said north korea was close to test launching this icbm and the state media said a launch could come any time now. Experts on the isolated and nuclear-capable country's missile program believe the claims are credible, and the test launch could be eminent and potentially uh, meant to coincide with the inauguration of Donald Trump on Friday. A couple other things that are related to the inauguration. Asian stocks are in the news. They're slipping, and the dollar is flat Um, And caution apparently is reigning before this Trump inauguration. Uh, The Treasury yields are hovering near um, their highest close this year as far as Asian stocks are concerned. Investors were also awaiting fourth quarter and full year GDP data from China for clues on how much momentum the world's second largest economy is carrying into 2017. MCSI's broadest index of Asia-Pacific shares outside Japan slipped 0.1% and look set to end the week flat. Japan's Nikkei rose 0.1% on track for near 1% weekly loss. Economies, uh, economists, that is, polled by Reuters, expect China to report its economy grew by a steady 6.7% in the fourth quarter from a year earlier, boosted by higher government spending and record bank lending. Now, obviously, all of this um, is a lot of this is on edge because of the election of a new president. That's a huge thing in the world. And uh, it's why uh, it's said that um, the American president has the biggest bully pulpit there is. And uh, he is the uh, world's uh, leading uh, with the world's leader, really. The state of Alaska has opened an office in Tokyo to help promote trade 
and advance a long-hoped-for natural gas pipeline. Now, this goes all the way back to the time when I lived in Alaska, and really all of the 10 years I lived there, it was always going to be, uh, there's going to be a pipeline, there's going to be a pipeline for natural gas. There's already an oil pipeline from all the way up on the North Slope all the way down to Valdez, but this is the natural gas pipeline. Japan is our largest exporter, Right, that um, buys the the largest amount of oil. So we're not talking about running a pipeline from Alaska to Japan. No, no. You're just talking about a a pipeline that brings the natural gas down to where it can be exported out. Right. That will go to Japan. Got it. Yeah. So that's how that works. Alaska is facing a multi billion dollar budget deficit because of chronically low oil prices. And lawmakers began a 90 day session this week that will be dominated by what Governor Bill Walker has called a financial crisis. Walker advocates building a multi-billion dollar natural gas pipeline, as every other governor has advocated for 20 years. But to uh, that's meant to diversify their economy because everything rises and falls at the moment on, on um, oil. Previous efforts to build such a pipeline have failed. You might remember under Governor Palin and under uh, other governors in the past, um, that has not quite made it. Now, that's a big that's big news for the entirety of the United States as well. It's not just Alaska news. It wasn't focusing on that necessarily. Donald Trump is preparing to sign executive actions on his first day in the White House on Friday to take the opening steps to crack down on immigration, build a wall on the U.S.-Mexico border, and roll back outgoing President Barack Obama's policies. So those are all drafted and ready to go for the first day, rolling back the things And that he Obama said did. he would do that. He's, right. he's just uh, being true to what he promised. Aides said Trump would not wait to wield one of the most powerful tools in his office, the presidential pen, to sign several executive actions that can be implemented without the input of Congress. Trump's advisors vetted more than 200 potential executive orders for him to consider signing on health care, climate policy, immigration, energy, and numerous other issues. But it is not clear exactly how many he will initially approve, according to a member of the Trump transition team. He was not authorized to talk to the press about that in particular. Hmm. But lots of things happening in the world with the inauguration of a new president. All the pieces move in different areas as soon as that occurs because new policies, new person to deal with. There's all these new uh, cabinet members, and it's a huge, huge worldwide um, event. Yeah, everyone's watching, and... uh I know we all have one eye on the security side of things because, you know, anytime you put a bunch of leaders, powerful leaders in one place, of course you have, they become targets. And uh, with the outgoing administration, incoming administration, you're hoping that there's enough continuity there that every, everything is secure and that we don't have any incidents, uh, during this inauguration. So that's one of those kind of things you don't want to hear about, but it is one of those things you keep an eye on. So thanks a lot for the news, Chris. Appreciate it. Yep. And uh, one lightweight thing, then a short break, and we'll come back and give you a final challenge. But 200th episode on this Friday, January 20th. You can listen to it through our website, khmg.org. You can listen to the podcast. Listen to the rebroadcast Saturday noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m., Catch us on The Rebound, episode 200. It's been a big deal. We had John Collier, Nick Brown. We had all the guys up here. Jeremy Wendell came up and uh, played What's in My Coffee with us. 
I typed in 200 into Google. The first hit was 200 AD in Wikipedia. It was basically a pretty boring year. The second was the Chrysler 200. So I thought, well, you know, it is 200, so everything 200. So I pulled up the Kelly Blue Book on the Chrysler 200. I think it was a, another site that had the Chrysler 200, but uh, smart move, Chrysler, naming your car after a number because it popped right up there. But basically, it is a sedan. It's unique because it looks like uh, it has a resemblance to uh, the Chevy Malibu and the Ford Fusion, 200 Fiat's underpinnings give it European inspired handling characteristics more of the VW Jetta and Passat you get in four or six cylinder it's all wheel drive it's an attractive little car for the mid $20,000 range and uh, has some pretty good ratings it's in the um, uh, 7.4 it's competitors like the Honda Civic is at a 9.5 so it's not the best car in that range Uh, but anyway the Chrysler 200 I don't think I'll be buying one uh, it would have been nice for someone to give us one in uh, commemoration of this being our 200th episode, but no one thought about that. Maybe for our 300th, we get a Chrysler 300. Anyway, we'll take a short break. When we come back, one final challenge about praying for those in authority over us. This is Live Till 5 on KHMG, Harvest Family Radio. We'll be right back after this. Walk with me, walk with me, Lord, God, walk with me, while I'm on this old tedious journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. And we're back with the last two minutes of Live Till 5, episode 200 on this Friday, January 20th. Again, catch us on the rebound, noon to 2, Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday night, or go to khmg.org. A number of different ways you can listen live or to the podcast, not only of this program, but other great programs we produce right here at KHMG, Harvest Family Radio. Listen to these verses. 1 Timothy 2, 2. Well, 2, 1 and 2. I exhort, therefore... That first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Verse 3 says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Boy, isn't that a great challenge for Christians as we go into a new presidency, new leadership in our country? Whether you like it or not, whether you agree or not, whether you are a supporter, whether you are someone who definitely did not want this group of people in leadership, if you're a believer, you are commanded to be in prayer for those that are in authority. Prayer, intercession, supplication, and thanksgiving. Praying for them, making sure you're lifting them up because it helps us remain grateful when we're praying for people. And uh, God sets up authorities, he takes down authorities, and in God's perfect plan, he has allowed the new president, President Donald Trump, to take office in America, and we need to be in prayer for him. God can use him, 
and his policies, just like he could use any president with any president's policies. And so we don't have to trust in men. We trust in God, who is the sovereign king of the universe, and someday will make all things right. While we're here on this earth, we occupy till he comes, and we be prayerful, and we lead a quiet and peaceable life. Because we trust the one that's ultimately in control. And we know it all belongs to him. And someday, it will all go back to him. That's uh, it for today on Live Till 5, episode 200 is in the can. You can listen to it through podcasts. Go to khmg.org. Go to our Facebook page and let us know you're listening. Let us know what you think about the show or other shows. Go to Harvest Family Radio on Facebook and uh, make contact with it with us. We love it when you do that. This is Jared Baldwin, host of Live Till 5, wrapping up episode 200 on this Friday, January 20th. You're listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG, 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Baragata, Guam. Have a great weekend.